You know, I, I think they've got the, the principles right, for sure. The, those, you know, those high level points that they're making about the need to ensure we're focused on risk management, taking a risk-based approach, not a compliance first, but also ensuring again, that it's, it is incumbent on the cloud service providers to provide those controls, to provide that transparency um, and to help understand how we're meeting those security outcomes. Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group, making the case to move away from GovClouds, and more takeaways from the draft FedRAMP guidance. It's Tuesday, December 12th, 2023. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast, where you'll hear the latest news and trends facing government leaders. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. Here's what's happening now. Daily Scoop listeners will know of the focus the Biden administration has placed on improving federal citizen services, notably by enhancing the federal government's digital operations. After releasing guidance in September for agencies to transform their digital experiences, the Office of Management and Budget now is working on an analytics tool to measure that progress. Speaking last week at a CX summit hosted by ACT-IAC and DCI, federal CIO Claire Martirana said the tool will measure the effectiveness of federal agency websites' customer experience capabilities. The move from OMB, which is leveraging the General Services Administration's Site Scanner program to use performance indicators and tracking of agencies' site developments, follows September guidance on delivering digital-first public experience. Martirana called the requirements set forth in that recent guidance, quote, the core competencies of any digital interaction, adding that the U.S. web design system is the law and not optional, urging agencies away from not designing these bespoke websites and tools. In other news, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer hosted his latest AI Insight Forum last week, and a major theme that evolved during the latest closed-door session was the need to stay competitive with the Chinese government as the U.S. advances artificial intelligence as part of its national security efforts. The New York Democrat said in a press conference that China is the only country that, quote, would compete with the U.S. on AI. Schumer's forum, which covered national security specifically, followed an earlier session on that Wednesday about doomsday scenarios per an email sent to reporters. Schumer said, quote, U.S. leadership on AI gives us a competitive advantage that can greatly benefit the deployment of AI to strengthen our national security, adding that the nation must, quote, provide robust investments to grow the AI industry, including more funding for research, development, and procurement of AI technologies. The White House's long-awaited AI executive order calls on the Department of Defense and all non-DOD federal agencies to play a part in protecting national security in the race to innovate. You can read more about these stories and more at fedscoop.com. Based on the draft guidance OMB published recently to modernize the FedRAMP Cloud Security Authorization Program, it appears the practice of enlisting vendors to build government-specific cloud enclaves could be a thing of the past. As it stands, the policy would push federal agencies to use the commercial public cloud services that vendors provide most any of their other customers rather than using these GovClouds. Joining me to discuss that change, other details from the new FedRAMP guidance, and much more is Jeanette Manfra, Global Director of Risk and Compliance at Google Cloud and former Assistant Secretary for Cybersecurity and Communications at the Department of Homeland Security. Jeanette, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. Good to see you again. You too. And, um, you know, I'm really excited to, uh, you know, there's a lot going on in the federal IT space today. And, um, you know, I think your background and your current 
um, work really converge into this interestingly, especially, you know, as you look at this new FedRAMP, draft FedRAMP modernization guidance that released recently. And, you know, you'll know from your time in government that the program is extremely important and it looks to bring security and innovation to the federal space, but it can also, like many things in government, sort of be an impediment to itself in, in kind of looking to accomplish those things through, you know, the process of bureaucracy. Um, and so I'm curious, you know, as the OMB and the federal government look to reform and modernize FedRAM, what are your thoughts on that new guidance? Yeah, thanks so much for the question. And um, and for those listeners who don't know, before I came to Google, I spent um, a lot of time at Homeland Security at CISA um, in the Army before that. And um, so I do have a lot of experience in understanding the challenges that um, government agencies face as they seek to um, modernize their approach to IT, deal with all the security capabilities and issues, as well as um, try to figure out how to fund all of this. So I, I definitely get the challenge where they're coming from. I think, um, in, and also more you know, recently, when I was at um, Homeland Security and CISA, um, we started to really look at um, how do we help drive adoption of cloud um, but in a lot of as you wait as you said a lot of areas um, there was this sort of legacy approach to thinking about security and often that was encoded in various different um, compliance regimes that would um, you know create this this friction um, as people tried to adopt cloud and then working with Google and frankly one of the reasons I came to Google was because of the investment that had already been made in security but doing it in a way that improves it for everybody. And um, so this, the, there's a lot that's really good in the FedRAMP memo. Um, and in particular, the, a few things that I, I really like is, is focusing on, you know, information security as an expertise and um, but doing that in a risk management way. Um, and, and I do want to say that the folks who work on FedRAMP, um, you know, they're, they're really doing yeoman's work, right? They, the program itself, the concept of it is, um, is excellent. And the idea of having a central place and experts coming together um, that can make an assessment of, you know, that, that the cloud provider is meeting certain security requirements in, in that that can be reused um, throughout the government. It's, it's really a great balance um, conceptually between um, understanding security, um, removing um, duplication so that not every agency has to you know, invest that same amount, um, but then also maintaining that uh, accountability, right? So the, you know, the agencies still have to ensure that they are um, doing their own risk management process, but it, the FedRAMP um, model is, is a really good one that leads to both, uh, can lead to both efficiencies and improve security. Um, and but but I, what I loved is that sort of recentering um, that guidance on the the FedRAMP um, the the board and the PMO sort of making sure that there's taking a risk managed approach um, and you know I'm the compliance person at Google and so I love compliance um, but oftentimes um, you can take a compliance first approach um, and sometimes you can lose the focus on the security outcomes that you're trying to achieve. Um, and, and oftentimes, um, things can get quite technical, too, in, under, in being able to make a risk-based um, decision. And so being able to have the capability um, with FedRAMP to have those sorts of risk-based conversations about 
um, you know, where there might be some nuance on meeting a specific compliance objective. The other piece that, of course, um, I'm a huge fan of is ensuring that the program is not incentivizing or drop or driving um, what people colloquially are referring to as gov clouds, but this idea that the government has to have its own separate thing um, that is historically means that they're actually cut off from a lot of the benefits of commercial cloud to include some of the security benefits. Um, and then just to tie this off, the last piece that I really like is highlighting how FedRAMP not just serves as this you know, entity to do provisional authorizations on behalf of the whole government, but they're actually improving national. And in many cases for with hyperscalers, you're improving global cybersecurity. And, um, and so kind of combining that, you know, getting away from a very sort of siloed legacy-based approach to a quote GovCloud, but incentivizing commercial um, and cloud service providers to um, take these security requirements and implement them across their entire cloud really fills that um, aspiration about improving the nation's cybersecurity, because now you're not just making something special that only public sector customers get, but it's it's sort of democratizing it for all customers. And I and I really love those those themes throughout. And um, you know, yeah, we at Google, of course, fully embrace that. That's what we've been um, doing for for quite some time. But um, I'll pause there and. Uh, yeah, no, that's great. And that's exactly where I wanted to go because I mean, I, I in, in reading the guidance and sort of thinking about Google, I, I matched that up that that's kind of Google's approach is to not, not an anti-GovCloud, but to, to move away to more of that commercial public use cloud rather than siloing government agencies off. So, but I'm curious, you know, like that's going to probably be a bit of a challenge for the traditional CISO to, to get them in a sense to, uh, you know, trust the security of that is native to the cloud. But, um, you know, like you said, that's part of Google's identity. So why is that, that, that is, you know, the, the direction that Google's moving in? Why do you think that that's the, the more secure approach? Yeah, well, I would say the the challenge with, you know, sort of any technology endeavor, not just cloud, but this manifests a lot in cloud is people are making these massive modernization efforts and, and transitions into an entirely different way of operating and using technology. You're always balancing, you know, innovation, velocity um, of, you know, the deployment of, of services with security and compliance and resilience. And so you're always having to, again, this isn't unique to cloud, it's just cloud presents sort of a different sort of set of characteristics that people have to evaluate. Um, and we don't believe you should have to choose between innovation and security, and you should be able to have both. And again, you know, Google, has recognized this for you know since its since its inception and that pushing and not just the security and the innovation but also the resilience and so if you think of some of the challenges when you are looking at some of these gov clouds they don't have as much capacity. They don't get um, the benefit of the rapid deployment of security features um, because you're always taking from, you know, a global infrastructure in many cases for, for some of the providers, including Google, and then you're having to kind of refactor that into this sort of isolated instance, which always means that there's delays. Um, and so the irony is that you're often in, in these siloed environments actually 
less secure um, because you have a, a delay in getting those capabilities out um, while you're also not getting that same capacity. Uh, you know, one of the things we talk about a lot is because we've taken these requirements and building them throughout our, our cloud infrastructure, we're able to offer more regions and more zones than a traditional GovCloud, which gives more resilience, more capacity. Um, and so that's how I think what organizations, um, you know, really have to, th they have to understand how cloud works um, in order to have these, um, uh, you know, thoughtful decisions that they have to work through. Cloud providers have to be good about um, evidencing that in being transparent about how those security controls work, because oftentimes it is different than what people might be used to. Um, so we have to make sure that we are able to explain that and we're able to show that and they're able to um, understand how their risk posture changes as a result. Um, and, um, and I think that, the, and then of course, there's the last thing, right? Is they're, they're not operating on just one cloud or even just cloud. So they've got to think about multiple cloud providers and you know having on-prem environments. And so they have to be able to pull that all in into their holistic risk posture. So it is a challenge. Um, I, you know, we at Google like to make things really easy and very transparent. And so hopefully we're you know, out there helping people understand um, and, and able to make those decisions better. Um, but I do, I, I do sort of sympathize with the um, the challenge that many of these organizations are facing. And and you know, one last thought or one last question on this topic before we move on to some others. Um, you know, it, it's obviously open for public comment at this point, so people are giving their feedback, and it sounds like there's been a lot given. Uh, you know, based on conversations I've had with OMB officials and such, but. Um, you know, ultimately, the the goal is to scale the use, especially of SaaS products in the federal government, to really open that that floodgate and to kind of move at the the tempo and speed of of the commercial sector. And I'm curious, you know, as we're in this public comment period, it, do you see this, um, you know, accomplishing that goal? Is, is it meeting those, or is there anything missing, perhaps? Then, if not, that you would uh, suggest should be in a guidance of this, or do you think it's really hitting the mark that it's setting out to to accomplish? Um, you know, I I think they've got the the principles right uh, for sure. The those you know those high level points that they're making about the need to ensure we're focused on risk management, taking a risk based approach, not a compliance first, um, but also ensuring again that it's. Um, it is incumbent on the cloud service providers to provide those controls, to provide that transparency um, and to help um, understand how we're meeting those security outcomes. Um, so I think those are really important. Um, I really like the idea of the more open engagement, even the public comment period itself. Um, you know, so having that more open engagement, that continued engagement with industry, you know, as FedRAMP itself modernizes, um, how do we continue to have those open and um, transparent conversations? Um, how do we ensure that, um, you know, as new technologies AI, et cetera, right, that present sort of different risk situations. How do we have those dialogues with, with FedRAMP um, through you know, formal and informal processes um, so that there is transparency and how the, um, and how the requirements will change? I, so again, I think the principles are good. Um, and I think it, as, as usual with these things, it starts to come down to, well, how does it get implemented? Um, how, do, how do we ensure that 
you know, FedRAMP has the expertise and resources. Like it, you know, I can't say enough. There's just excellent people working on this and they work really hard. Um, but, you know, there is a, a huge demand for cloud. Um, so how do we make sure that we have, you know, the velocity of the approvals going through while ensuring that the appropriate security controls and risk management efforts are in place? Um, it, it's, a, it, it's going to be a challenge for them to think about how they balance all of that. So turning to a slightly different topic, but one I, I don't think we can have a conversation uh, with without addressing it. You know, AI and 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 obviously in the federal space, the AI executive order and in the you know OMB guidance that came out shortly after. Um, curious your thoughts as you know this uh, you know cybersecurity leader in this space, um, the implica implications of the Biden administration's EO and that guidance, and how government agencies are going to be able to use AI moving forward. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's there is a lot in this executive order, so we're not going to try to break down everything going on there. But overall, thematically, you know, the, the focus on safe, responsible, secure AI, 100 percent supportive of that goal. Um, and, you know, as you know, and, and probably others know, um, you know, Google's been working and developing AI capabilities for a very long time and has throughout all of that really been thinking carefully about what it means to deliver and develop and deliver and maintain responsible AI capabilities. And um, so this is a really, really important conversation. Um, and, um, and, and, it, and this is different than secure. Um, sometimes, you know, the way, the way that you're, you're maintaining secure and responsible and safe, you can have sort of similar um, capabilities in place. Um, but having that conversation about what does responsible AI mean. We obviously have very strong opinions about that based off of a long time of working through these issues. Um, and we're really eager to continue to work with um, the administration and, and any agencies as they're thinking through um, what it means to, to deploy responsible AI. What are the principles? How do you govern that? Really important part of the process. Um, and um, But also the security side, of course. So you know, I would say in general, um, the importance of it, it's, it's very similar to what we talked about with FedRAM. It's this kind of similar with AI is how are you continuing to support competition and innovation? Um, it, you don't want to slow that down in, um, in this space because there's so much capability, but how do you do that in a way that's safe, responsible, and secure? Um, and so, you know, government agencies have um, a, a amazing opportunity here to really drive the adoption of, um, you know, secure by design principles within AI capabilities through their procurement processes, through FedRAMP, I know is a part of the conversation as well. Um, and, um, and then how does that manifest itself in that you know, shared responsibility between government agencies and between the AI provider? Um, it's, um, it, it's, it is a very sort of nascent area. I think there's tremendous promise in AI for the government, um, but I really do applaud them for being very deliberate and thoughtful uh, about how they're going to go about um, procuring and using AI services. And, um, and so overall, we're, we're very supportive. We appreciate the risk-based approach um, and, um, and we're really eager to help agencies strike that right balance. Um, and then, you know, again, on the security side, similar to what I talked about earlier, we're 
all of the same capabilities that we've implemented on our other products are, are in our AI products as well, um, as well as the infrastructure that, that, it, that the AI sits on. So, so they are, again, by kind of going with this um, public cloud, you, you're actually gaining that benefit of all of that investment we've made at the infrastructure level as well. Yeah, it it I mean, just listening to you talk about it, it's quite amazing to sort of look back on the last year and all all that's happened in that space. And, you know, if this time last year we would have had this conversation, we wouldn't have ever imagined that, you know, there would be an AI executive order and all of this yeah. thing going on. It's it's quite uh, amazing. And and sort of in that same vein, you know, it's 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 a good time to sort of take stock of things as we move close to 2024. And I'm curious, you know, just from a general cybersecurity and cyber infrastructure standpoint in the government, you know, give me a, a, a rundown of what you think are some of the the, the big areas, the two or three uh, biggest threats that might be facing government infrastructure today. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I will say not a ton has changed um, over the over the years. I think the, um, you know, the, the thing that I learned several years ago when I was was in the government um, and trying to drive um, security improvements is that the the underlying issue was legacy infrastructure, legacy capabilities, and a lot of times a legacy mindset, um, which would um, block the adoption of more modern capabilities. Now, some of that is just some of the challenges that the government has around budgeting, of course, and being able to you know have um, long longer term investments on um, replacing and modernizing some of this infrastructure. But many of our security challenges. Um, in the government are a result of the need to modernize their infrastructure overall. And, um, and that will continue to, to be a challenge for them. You know, I do think that um, the, the, and this, this gets a little bit outside of security again, because now we're talking about responsible and safety, but the AI challenge, um, there is um, so many um, opportunities to solve really, tough problems um, and gain a lot of efficiencies through AI. Um, and so the, you know, the government really having to figure out how they, they balance that, you know, need to innovate, um, to um, adopt AI capabilities, but doing so in a way that is responsible and safe and secure, I think is going to be a big challenge for them. Um, and, um, and one that we're very eager to continue conversations about what, and, and eagerly share what we've learned um, within within Google with our own adoption and development of AI capabilities. And in and I guess the the last thing I would say is um, expertise um, in being able to have um, experts in in all agencies, not just you know the ones that do FedRAMP, Jab Board, and, but but all agencies that have their own accountability for the security of their systems. Being able to have that expertise to understand the technology, stay on top of the threat, um, and be able to make informed risk decisions about how they balance their limited resources um, in investing in security. Um, it's it's a challenge for them. It's not just a challenge for government too, um, but but I would say that's 
that's the third area. And I, and I know there is a tremendous amount of effort in all of those areas. Um, and, um, but, but, and so I think they're prioritizing the right things for sure. Um, but, um, but, you know, continuing on those, ensuring that they have the capabilities to buy secure um, uh, technology, to deploy secure and safe AI, and to have individuals who know enough of the technology and the threat to be able to make risk uh, decisions is, is going to be continue to be their challenge. Well, certainly a lot to to keep an eye on as we move forward to the uh, 2024 new year. But uh, Jeanette, always a pleasure to to catch up with you. And I really appreciate your time today. It's been a fantastic conversation. Thanks so much for having me. You can learn more about FedRAMP and federal cloud security at fedscoop.com. The Daily Scoop podcast is available on all podcast platforms. If you've already rated the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks so much. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people to find it. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Adam Butler and Carlin Fisher help put the show together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. We'll be back on Thursday with a brand new episode. Until then, I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening.